wouldn't directly say it positively to you. Maybe he says, man, you know, Ryan, that guy is, is a really a douchebag, but at least he's really smart when it and gets good grades. You know what I'm saying? So it, that would be a very valuable tip as to what probably could characterize me as an individual. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we're sitting down with Ryan White. This dude is abs doing absolutely massive things on Instagram. He's got a seven-figure business called Social Revelation Marketing, where he works with other business owners, other entrepreneurs, people who are trying to expand their footprint on the platform because Ryan himself has had a lot of success on the platform. He really knows how it works. And in this episode, he really breaks down a lot of things about Instagram, including the core aspects of an effective Instagram account, the things that you need to do in order to build up your following, okay? Because a lot of people are going about it the wrong way. They are not going through the process as they should be. Um, and Ryan really sets a lot of things straight in this conversation. So if you were at all somebody who was interested in building your personal brand, building a business on Instagram, this is the perfect podcast for you. And what I want you guys to do is whether you're walking the dog, whether you are commuting to work, whatever you're doing right now, I want you guys to sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy this episode of Young Smart Money with Ryan White. Ryan, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. So in the intro to this episode, our listeners got to hear a little bit about you and what you're currently doing. But for those of them that aren't familiar with Ryan White and what you're currently up to right now, could you give us a quick like 60 to 90 second synopsis of what you're currently working on? Yeah, for sure. So, so right now we are, you know, growing strong and trying to build the, the, the business, which is social revelation marketing for those who don't know. Um, you know, it's a, it's a social media and digital marketing firm in which we help brands and people just basically increase their digital footprint and brand awareness online. So we're currently focusing on scaling that where we have a little over 600 clients around the world right now and 10 partner firms and by partner firms, just people who basically white label and resell our stuff all over the world. So it's super cool. The way that we were able, able to set up the business model, we were able to scale to 600 clients in a little less than 18 months. So it's been a wow. pretty fast up and coming. And uh, right now we're actually putting together some stuff to actually kind of get into, you know, the public speaking stuff. So this August will be the, kind of my first time being on stage here in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, on stage in front of some young entrepreneurs. Awesome. That's super exciting. And I'm really, I'm, I'm stoked to like dive deeper into that. But, but sure. where I like to start off all the episodes is sort of flashing back to your early upbringing. So talking about your, your middle school years and high school years, I'm always fascinated by, by where people got started. So uh, yeah. in this time period, were you somebody who took school very seriously? Were you getting into sports? Were you starting little side hustles? What did that time period look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So for me, I was, I come from a baseball background family and from the time I could walk, you know, I was, I, I kind of dove into sports. Um, my dad was my high school coach. Uh, so obviously he kind of started me from T-ball up into high school graduation, but you know, I played all sports, you know, baseball, football, basketball, but I primarily focused on baseball and that's where I eventually after graduating high school had a chance to go play college ball, um, you know, at Carson Newman university, which is a, a division two school outside of, uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. So um, that's pretty much how a lot of people know me was through the baseball world. Even when I graduated in 2012, so timeline wise, I graduated high school in 2008, graduated college in 2012 with a bachelor's in accounting. Realized very quickly that accounting wasn't really for me. I didn't want to sit behind a desk, you know, punch on a calculator. And uh, I kind of am kind of like yourself, you know, I like to talk to people. I like, I'm a very much outdoorsy kind of guy. I like to like to meet new people and kind of, again, just learn about you know, what, what other people's aspirations are. And so I got an opportunity to get back into baseball. Uh, I, I basically was a private baseball instructor from 2013 to 2017. 
And so uh, for our top three travel organization in the country, and so I, I, I did that. I had about 40 to 50 kids coming in each week to train with me in a town called Warner Robins, Georgia. And then it was actually at um, this particular company in which I took over the social media probably about 2015, 2016. Started getting some pretty good traction for them. Hmm. You know, asked myself, you know, why in the world couldn't I replicate these results for me? And uh, that's kind of where the side hustle of social revelation kind of got started. Awesome. So did you just decide to pick up social media because you like wanted another thing to do and you wanted to be more involved or like what was the draw to you to get involved on that side of things? For sure. So again, the company I was working for, I was the youngest in the office. So I kind of got naturally thrown the social media being yep. the millennial, if you will, quote unquote, um, although I'm a little older than the millennial generation. But you know, being the youngest, I was thrown into that. I was getting some pretty good results for them. And then, you know, I just figured, you know, let's go duplicate these results and see what I could do for myself. And I started to kind of think more about passive income. Is there potential to make more money? I knew it was a very lucrative space. And so I kind of just split tested man, and done a ton of research and studied the greats who were already killing it for about a three to six month period. And then boom, man, it was just kind of like, I, I basically stumbled upon for personal branding, what I did for the baseball organization I was working for. And I was growing my personal Instagram at 10,000 new followers per month, which was just gaining a lot of attention. Right. And then people started seeking me out saying, Hey, can you help me? And that's kind of how I got off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So when did you start to see like the potential in a personal brand? Because it sounds like prior to this, you weren't really thinking about personal branding or like For building sure. up yourself as an authority. So when did you start to see the yeah. potential there? It was, what's crazy about it is I, I really didn't see personal branding in the light that I do now. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was more so can I replicate these results for somebody versus a business? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when, when I first got started, I tell people a lot of times I was simply focused on follower growth because I thought that's what kind of the core of the service was, was, Hey man, we're just getting people a ton of followers again, very young and you know, a young mindset, not really seeing the long in, in play here. But as I kind of got involved more and more and more, what I started to realize was as I started bringing more businesses in, you know, it, it kind of was turning into more targeted lead gen because mm -hmm. people were telling me things like, man, as a byproduct of this traffic flow you're sending me, we're seeing an increase in sales. We're seeing an increase, you know, in website traffic and in followers. And so they, it was a kind of at that point where I had the aha moment of, wow, if we're doing this for businesses, that's probably who we should go and target because their budget for this stuff is going to be a lot bigger than say Joe Blow down the street who wants to grow to 10K followers. And so that was kind of when the whole perception and just the endless possibilities of what we could go out and attain kind of started to resonate. Absolutely. So earlier you mentioned that you were sort of studying the greats for like three to six months while you were building up this, this just knowledge base. Um, did you have any like in-person mentors or anybody that was really like guiding you one-on-one? -on -one? Or was it really just like going out there finding like YouTube videos, blogs to read um, and, and sort of just doing it yourself? For sure. So I did have a, kind of a, a one mentor. It wasn't really in the social media space, but just like okay. the business mindset. So the owner of the, the baseball company I was working for, he was very successful in going out and creating, again, partner facilities around the United States in which all of those facilities would send traffic flow to his travel organization, the top players around the country. Hmm. So I kind of learned very early on, like an easy way to scale, if you will. So for the mm -hmm. business mindset, but when it comes to social media itself, you know, I was again, having to study, you know, what are the Grant Cardone's doing? The Tony Robbins, the Ed Milet, the Andy, the Fursella, Andy Fursella's, excuse me. And, and so it was really studying those big time seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs and just seeing what were they doing on social 
Um, and then of course, you know, you got the Jake Pauls and the Logan Pauls of the world. And so you, cause you hear about these people who are making, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month through, through social platforms and they're just scaling crazily. Right. So it was kind of a combination of taking some knowledge I had learned from my, my one-on-one in-person mentor, but at the same time, you know, basically seeking out what I call uh, online mentorship through just content that other people who are already doing what you want to do are putting out. Um, I tell a lot of people a lot of times, you don't necessarily have to one-on-one in person be with someone in order for them to be a mentor to you. Like Ed Milet and Grant Cardone are two huge important people in my life, and I've never met either one of those guys in person, but the profound impact they've had on my life has been crazy just through my personal development in the mornings of listening to their audiobooks and podcasts. So how then do you think about um, sort of conflicting information? If you're getting your, your information and like the, the ideas from all these different sources, how do you then decide like which things to actually implement and like which people to listen to about certain things? Because even just between Ed Milet and Grant Cardone, there are things that they disagree on. There are things that they do differently. So how do you For think sure. about like where you're going to pull your stuff from? For sure. So for me, I do listen when it comes to you know, a lot of like topics that are kind of abroad, mm -hmm. I'll kind of touch, but I have two main, I tell people, you know, pick two. That's kind of like if, 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 if you, if I'm mentoring someone, I tell a lot of my, my consulting clients that, Hey, you know, pick two. So for me, it is Grant and Ed because on a lot of issues, they do align. Okay. Yeah. So Grant's my number one guy. So you, you need to have a number one guy who's kind of your main priority. So again, if you ever do overlap, so let me give you a Grant Cardone and a Dave Ramsey, right? They're on two mm -hmm. totally different ends of the spectrum. So that would be a situation as to where I would kind of have to lean into one way or the other. Sure. It doesn't really matter which way you lean into. It's just, you want to pick one or the other and ride with that person. So I kind of overlap a little bit with Grant and Ed, because again, they are very similar, but in if there's any kind of core key differences, Grant's my guy because just what he's been able to do, man, it's just, it's crazy. Like he's doing like biblical things. And you know, he even <laughs> made a statement where he's like, dude, I want to do something biblical when I leave this earth where people were talking about my name literally for 2000 plus years. It's crazy. Wow. So how would you advise the, the 16, the 17, the 18 year old listener right now to go about finding their two, like their Grant Cardone and their Ed Milet? Like how, can they start to develop or find these people that they can begin to look up to and gain wisdom and knowledge from? A hundred percent. So for me, it started with just doing a little bit of recon, like get with people who are in the entrepreneurship space and ask them, Hey, who do you listen to and compile a list, you know, maybe write down five to 10 names. And then really, if you're at, you know, if you're a teenager, late teen, early twenties for you, you have so much time. It's really just, getting involved and see who do you, who resonate, who resonates more with you because you know, an Ed Milet, the way he, he says things may hit home with you more so than the way Grant does. So really it's just compile a list of five to 10 that are very well known, that are very successful, who are doing what you want to do and then just dive into the content. So the best thing that you could do is someone like your age, which by the way, I have a younger brother who will be 21 in December. He's 20 years old. So he's literally your age. And you know, the, the, the thing that I tell him right now, he's, he's a college baseball player going into his junior year. So right now he's focused on college baseball. He's not really thinking, Hey, what am I going to be doing for the mm -hmm. next 30 years of my life? Right. I've been through that kind of phase of my life as well. But one thing that he can do, which I continually to reiterate to him is, Hey, every morning as part of your daily routine, you can still invest into your personal development, right? So, you know, listen to a podcast, listen to an audio book. And, and if you listen to enough of these things, you know, after three to six months, you're going to have a pretty good idea on, you know, who do you generally learn? And you're able to basically take that, that knowledge, you know, and apply it to your life, which, which person, and then you can kind of lean in more to that person and roll with them over the next five to 10 years. For me, that's kind of how I did it. And that's, I just, 
you know, first book I ever really got into that just like hit home with me was, was Grant Cardone's 10 X and then seller be sold. And from for just what he did for me after reading those and the way that I was like fired up to go obviously run through a wall, <laughs> I knew immediately that he was my guy. Right. And so I've been a Grant Cardone advocate ever since because he literally got me off the sidelines and put me on the playing field. And it's that kind of energy. That's what you're looking for in a mentor. Someone who can give you that kind of energy is who you want to follow. Absolutely. So how do you balance the sort of the, the learning phase and then the applying phase, like sort of getting off the sidelines, like you said, and getting onto the field? How do you think about that? Like, how does a listener who's maybe like 18 years old know right. when they're ready to like make that leap into actually taking action and, and, and sort of like pull back a little bit from from all the content consumption? For sure. So for me, I try to apply. So I listen to a podcast episode or either two chapters of an audiobook a day. Okay. okay. Kind of the same thing that I do. I, I, I'm a Christian myself. So I do the same thing like when, when I read scripture, right? Which mm -hmm. is the first thing I do every morning. I take it and I divided the book down and I read the entire Bible basically by reading two chapters a day. It creates consistency. It gives you organization. And when you have those things in place, it holds you accountable. Okay. So I kind of take the same concept when it comes to personal development. I'll listen to a podcast episode today, maybe from Grant or Ed, you know, or, or even Casey Adams, man. I love to kind of just listen to different people. Mm -hmm. um, and even with Casey, like just listening to Ed Milet's interview with him is another way that I can kind of get information from Ed. But after I get done with that, I sit back, I reflect, and I'm taking notes basically throughout this, this podcast. And then I try to take at least three things that are highlighted on that particular episode and I try to immediately go implement that in my day that day. And mm -hmm. so it's basically taking bite-sized chunks that you can basically digest so that, you know, you're basically stepping across these small stepping stones to eventually you look back in six months and you're like, wow, look how far I've walked, right? And so kind of the same thing with an audiobook. you know, um, read your two chapters, make some notes on it, and then pick three things that you can go directly apply that day. And then for me, like those three points, I'm always tracking in uh, my, the notes section of my iPhone so that if I ever need to go back, three main things that resonated with me, and it's a really, really, really good thing. And so you can continually like, again, it's just investing into lifelong learning. Um, the biggest thing that I've noticed with a lot of kids is like, especially as they come out of, out of high school and as to college is, you know, they, 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 they get so excited and I did the same thing to get school over with. They stop basically investing into personal development and they don't, they never buy into the concept of lifelong learning. And I feel like when you go back and you look at us as individuals, we're constantly changing, right? The reason that we're able to, you're able to grow so much is from a five-year-old up until say an 18, 19 or 21 year old who's graduating, you know, that you're exposed to so much information as you're going through school, like from shapes to your, the alphabet, literally to history and, and all of these different things, that new exposure to information is what allows us to grow as humans. And then it's like we get out of school and we stop basically getting exposed to new information because we're tired of school. And that's when we actually start to stall in our growth. Right. And so I, Ed Milet said it perfectly, but you know, as humans, we literally lose 10% of our exoskeleton every year right? Our digestive tracts actually replenish every four days. And so what's crazy, even on a cellular level, as we're sitting here right now, you know, we're constantly being replenished and changing and adapting. We have to continue that same process, even throughout the course of our life, even when education, high school and college stops. And so that's why I feel like personal development is so huge for us, because if we ever stop getting exposed to new information, literally our growth and our success will stop as well. So. Mm. 
That's the truth. And I mean, yeah, I see so many people around me, especially in the college environment who are just like ready to get out the door with their diploma and just be done with it. But like, it's, it's always like consistently pursuing growth, consistently pursuing new information that can allow you to get to that next level, achieve your goals. Because yeah, I mean, you're either growing or you're dying and like, 100%. you got to make sure that you're always taking in that new information and moving yourself toward the place where you want to be. For sure. I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, for sure. So let's bounce back now to to Instagram, okay? And and prim- well, social media, primarily Instagram, um, and talk a little bit more about your experience, like getting involved in the space. So for a listener who who maybe is interested in building their personal brand, maybe they're starting an agency, um, somebody who wants to learn more about social media, can you give us first just like a, a foundational, like what are the core pillars that you need to implement on, I'll say Instagram in particular, to be successful? Like what are the, the basic things that you need to make sure are in place um, to have a successful um, Instagram presence? For sure. So the, the biggest thing, if you follow me or listen to any of my other episodes, it's, you know, I, I won't go too deep into this because you can listen to any of the other ones and sure. I kind of, I do dive into it. But number one, you just, you have to have vision, right? You got to know how you want to be perceived in the next five to 10 years. It does no good to go put out all, you know, this stuff about you being in the gym and fitness. If your end goal is to, Hey, become a massive entrepreneur, you know, or, or social media expert or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, because then you have to basically clean the slate and start over. Mm-hmm. So number one, before you even get started, if you're, if you're kind of at phase one, Okay. Just know, you know, ask yourself, what do I want to do? You know, do I want to be an educator? Do I want to be a social media influencer? Do I want to be considered a a professional athlete or do I just want to be an expert in whatever field or, you know, or that may be. Um, So once we have that figured out, we need to basically align our bio with that. So I tell people your bio literally is your resume. Okay. That is the first impression that a cold lead coming to your page is going to see of you. Okay. So we need to make sure that we basically format that as professional as possible. So if you're a seven figure earner, put it in there. If you've won any awards, put it in there. If you got some crazy achievements, wrote a book, anything like that, put it in there because we're trying to basically set the foundation for what's coming in our feed. Okay. And then as far as content, take time. I can't stress this enough. Take time to invest into your content. Don't just go snap a photo just to get something up on Instagram. You know, people, it's, it's statistics show that when someone comes to your page, they look through about nine to 15 of your photos. Okay. And that's how long you have to capture their attention and to intrigue, you know, to see if they're in or, or basically draw, not capture their attention and make sure that you have basically put out enough energy that there's enough that they want to go and follow your page. And so if you don't, you need, you need to do that in nine to 15 photos. If they go through the nine or 15 photos and don't see value there, the odds of them going and keeping and scrolling through your feed is probably not going to happen. Okay. So for me, hire a professional photographer. If you can't do a professional photographer, that's fine. iPhones now, you know, will, will work just fine. Grab, grab a friend, you know, go do something on the weekend, maybe dedicate a Saturday to where you're only taking you know, quality images so that you can go and repurpose across your social channels. You know, once we do that, I tell people really take the time to invest in, you know, being consistent in your posting. Okay. So sometimes we can't always post daily, but I say a minimum three times per week. Okay. If you can't commit to that, at least commit to posting a story a day because you have to be active on the platform. The algorithm itself actually rewards activity. Okay. And then, you know, a final thought here is, you know, figure, once you know what you want to be, you know, figure out where are the people who would be interested in what you have to offer. So when I first started, you know, I said I was basically in in the baseball world, right? I was a private instructor. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was going and identifying where the people who are interested in baseball, they're probably following people like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, or at MLB. 
So for me, it was basically taking time to go and interact with that community of people. So I would go, I don't want to say it's stealing the followers, but in essence, it's going and, and quote unquote, stealing their followers and just bringing awareness back to your page. Because I know if I can get several thousand of those Bryce Harper, Major League Baseball or Mike Trout followers to come back to my page, once they see my content and see that I too am a baseball instructor putting out valuable content and expertise surrounding, you know, hitting or pitching and fielding, there's going to be an instant connection and those conversions happen very easily. And so that's kind of the easiest way if you're looking for organic growth that you need to start doing. So, you know, number one, let's just recap and know what you want to do. You know, how do you want to be perceived? Number two, get, get your bio in a resume type format for credibility. You know, number three, spend time to take quality content, you know, whether it be a weekend where you're shooting, you know, with your, your, your friends with an iPhone. Okay. Number four, make sure you're posting consistently a minimum three times per week. If you can't hit that, make sure you're at least uploading an Instagram story every single day. And then, you know, number five is just being identify where are the people who are interested in your stuff and go interact within that community to bring awareness back to your page. I love it. That was extremely valuable, guys. If you if you didn't catch all that, again, like rewind like five minutes, take some notes there because that was some really, really valuable information. I want to dive a little bit deeper on a couple of those points. Um, the first of which is is your vision. So a lot of people come to me, they send me a message and they say, hey, I'm working on Shopify. I'm working on Amazon. I'm doing a Facebook ads agency. I'm like building out my Instagram and they're doing all these different things and they haven't quite figured out what their what their vision is, what they are, are are really moving towards, and what they want to be known for. What would you tell a person who's in that stage of really trying to like that they, they don't know where they want to be? They're sort of bouncing around between all these different things. Um, what's what's your advice for that person? For sure. So you know you got to find the passion, right? They say you know there's a saying out there: if you find the passion, you never have to work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, when you find the passion you know, you don't really see it as work. And so, you know, it's very easy for you to invest like 12 to 14 hours a day because you're mm -hmm. excited about what you're doing, yeah. you know? So that's key. So if you don't really know, just ask yourself some basic questions. Number one, what would you be doing if you weren't working? You know, so what kind of hobbies, what would you, what would you, what would you go out and do? Do you, do you like to lift weights, right? Do you like to fish? Do you enjoy talking to people, right? Do you like enjoy reading and educating other people? So, you know, just figure out what would you be doing if you didn't have to work and odds are there's a lot of people the answer to that question is what they build a business around Ty Lopez is a great example he's like man if I wasn't working I still go and read books and so his whole idea is he has created companies to go and educate people and about reading a book a day so that's that's a that's a key thing that you could do another thing is what do other people compliment you on okay so ask yourself that what, what do people around me constantly compliment going back to you know, Ty, because he's a great example for basically figuring out what people call like your main story theme. And there's kind of different points in your main story theme if you follow Ty. But kind of underneath that, you know, if someone is constantly telling you like for Ty, he was like, man, people are constantly saying to me as a child, man, you're, you're such a smart kid, or you always know every single fact about every different thing. And so immediately he started to draw on well, if I'm considered the smart kid by everyone around me, wouldn't it make sense for me to create a business where I can educate? So that's kind of another key thing. And, you know, a third thing that you could do is, you know, what do your enemies say about you? So that's another kind of unique one. So, you know, you could think of, think about your worst enemy, you know, even in high school, right? Since, since you're in school, but you know, a lot of times we all have people that immediately come to mind. I bet that person hates me. Well then go back and, 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 and think about some of the positive things. Now, of course, he wouldn't directly say it positively to you. Maybe he says, man, you know, Ryan, that guy is, is really a douchebag, but 
at least he's really smart when it, and gets good grades. You know what I'm saying? So it, that would be a very valuable tip as to what probably could characterize me as an individual because if your worst enemy says it about you, it's probably – so just sit back and think about what, what do my worst enemies say about me, and that could be another kind of thing that you could spark a business from. Hmm. Um, a final thing that you could do is take personality tests. A lot of times, you know, again, if you're trying to – if you're thinking about becoming a public speaker, right, because you want to go get paid $20,000 to get on stage and speak to people, if you do a personality test and figure out that you're an introvert, that may not be the best profession for you. It's kind of like even with me, um, you know, people ask me all growing up because in school, you know, I was, I was a straight-A student, right? I was my, actually my high school salutatorian and grad, graduated college with a 395. So I was actually like – whatever the name is summa cum laude or something like that I think you have to have a 395 and above but anyway that was me and so a lot of people were like dude why don't you go into the medical field you can make a ton of money well the reality is I can't stand the sight of blood so if someone was sitting here like bleeding to death beside me I am not the first responder that you want okay and so you, you again personality tests and things of that nature will tell you insights into what may or may not work in terms of a career field so that's kind of like three to four valuable things that you can sit and reflect on in order to figure out you know, what are you passionate about and what may do you well in the future for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years? Absolutely. And it's all about that self-reflection, especially when you're a young person and you like don't know where you want to be. Like take some time to like step back and just like think and just like sit with yourself and be like, okay, like what am what do I really enjoy doing? And like, what am I actually, like what drives me every single day? Um, and those are just the questions that you got to ask yourself. So I think that was really sure. valuable. The next thing that I want to touch on is, is the content side of things because I get a lot of people asking me like they don't know what kind of content to produce. They want to start putting stuff out on their Instagram or start like a podcast or YouTube channel and they don't really know what content to make. So how would you advise someone who's just starting off to, to think about the content that they're putting out there and make sure that that content is going to allow them to connect with people, build a following um, and really just achieve what they're looking to achieve? For sure. So obviously, as we know, you know, video converts 35% more than, than photos. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you could, if you, if you're kind of in doubt, you can never go wrong with video content. People love it. It's very captivating. You know, people enjoy watching like movies. Think about the whole, you know, Hollywood and the movie industry. People will go sit and watch literally a two and a half, three hour show. The Avengers Endgame, right? Just came out. <laughs> Everyone flooded to go sit for two and a half hours to watch that movie. So, you know, if they'll go do that, they'll definitely watch your 60 second Instagram clip. And so, yeah, if, if you're ever in doubt, do video. But again, it's really hard to come up with content unless, again, you kind of know what it is that you're trying to achieve. Uh, you know, if, if you don't have it planned out, you're just guessing and we can get very sporadical and we're creating mm -hmm. confusion in the marketplace. So if you're, if you're wanting to work on this personal branding, it could be as simple as dividing, you know, each of your columns on Instagram into categories, mm. which will give you structure and will keep you basically, uh, you know, in, in line with what you're having to do. So if, if you have that, it's, it's holding you accountable for hitting those certain themes. And so for me, you know, I have a, I can have a business column. I could have a column where I basically put nothing but my interviews like this because I have video templates that I do. So it's basically a value column. And then I have one column kind of geared toward my personal life. So all things not business, right? Just so they can get a behind the scenes look into who am I as an ordinary everyday kind of guy. And so you could do that. Just start posting stuff maybe personally about you hanging out with your friends. Maybe then you can post something motivational quote wise if you're trying to get into entrepreneurship and then try to have a video column where you're posting nothing but 
where you're giving value, you know, to other people. And it could be even like a repost column. Hmm. So there's so many different things that you could do when you break your sections, you know, in, or, or columns, excuse me, into categories. And that's a great way that you can do it too. And if, if, if you, if you're just struggling with this, study people who are growing really well and already killing it kind of like I did, you know, go, go draw inspo from other people. And then, you know, if that doesn't work for you, just call up a social media agency like, like us or, or, or reach out to some, a video content creation team and they'll probably be able to give you a little bit of direction on what you can do as well. Mm, great advice. Great advice. I really like the column idea and that's something that I see a lot of people having a lot of success with. So, I mean, yeah, if you're, if you're having trouble coming up with content, sometimes like putting those restrictions in place can actually be extremely effective. You would think like, well, if I can't think of anything, why would I restrict what I can do? But a lot of times that's going to allow you to actually like come up with ideas because if it's just like too broad and you could like do anything, then you're not going to end up doing anything. A hundred percent. And the reality is you can change your themes at any point in time. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I see people all the time. They'll, they'll literally have a theme going and then they'll post like three blank you know, white spaces, and then they start a brand new theme. But what's cool about it is as you're scrolling through, you basically see the divider, and then you're like, oh, wow, this is what he's doing. Now he just flipped it. And we can hmm. do that as many times as you want to. So, again, don't feel like just if I have these themes, I can't ever change it, you know, and I don't know if I want to go that route because the reality is you can change it at any point in time. Hmm. Absolutely. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into your team because I'm assuming at this point uh, with social revelation, you guys have built at least a little bit of a team um, around you. So it's not just you anymore. I know you said you had people white labeling your service. So can you talk a little bit a little bit about that process of expanding beyond just yourself? Because I have a lot of people um, that, that, that let me know that like they want to start expanding their business. They're getting to a certain point where they can no longer just do it themselves. So what did that process look like for you? And when did you first make the decision that like you need to do to expand beyond yourself? For sure. So I think, you know, th there's a saying again that says, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Right. Hmm. And so for me, the first year of my business, I actually was, was the only one in my business. I did 100% of everything. And because, you know, when we first started business, we think as business owners, we got to pocket as much money as we can, right. To stay afloat because most businesses, as we know, fail within the first two years, right. Mm -hmm. If it's going to fail. And so that was kind of my mindset as I was like, man, I just got to, you know, stack as much money in the bank and, you know, I got to keep as much revenue in house as possible. And the reality is, you know, in order to go as fast as you want to go and, and to get bigger, you, you need bodies. Okay. And so it's really being able to set that foundation. And I kind of did it a little bit backward because this, this was like my very first, business that just kind of just took off very quickly. Right. And so I'll kind of give you a little insight as to how I got started. But, you know, initially, like most people, I was out trying to get my own clients, you know, phone calls, in-person meetings, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in order to scale to 600, that's a whole lot of phone calls and meetings that I got to have. Mm -hmm. So I kind of sat back and I said, you know, let's think about this for a second. You know, how could I tap into more people with, with, with basically without having to invest that amount of time that it would take to do one-on-one, -on -one, you know, meetings. And so, you know, there have been marketing agencies around since forever, right? Selling billboards, radio ads, TV ads, They're, they've always been around. And so I had this idea, social is such a new thing and we, we were able to go and get results that really no one else can get. Let me go and try to pitch some of these large agencies that already have say 50, 100, 200, 300 clients, get them to see value on what I'm doing and then maybe white label and just add my service to their already existing pitch deck and basically it's a win, win, win. Their client, you know, gets exposure to social media services. They get to make a cut on that money. And then I get to make it, you know, money on basically my wholesale contracts with, with that agency. And so mm -hmm. I did this within, I flew to Detroit, Michigan, and I met with a CEO and a team there. And I think 
you know, again, I, I place tremendous value on basically getting in bed with business partners that I truly trust and kind of believe in the same things I do. And again, they were, you know, Christian individuals, man, they were literally like brothers that I'd never met. And now like they even came to my wedding and stuff. So it was super cool. But very early on, man, I, I just knew it was a good fit, you know, for us. And so we actually locked down that first agency and now they're still my large, largest partner agency today. They have over 250 clients a month with me. And that was just through, you know, one plane ticket in a weekend. We were able to go and create something that now has just been, you know, tremendous in terms of revenue for not only our company, but for theirs as well. And so because that model worked so well, I went from Detroit, you know, down to West Palm Beach, Florida, did it again, you know, went to New York, did it again, LA, Australia, we did a, a Zoom call. And then we even have one in Vancouver, Canada, and one in over in Europe as well. So we, we've eventually scaled out into 10 partner firms and we're working on 11 and 12 now as we speak. But what's super cool is, you know, as they have their own sales team, obviously going out and selling this stuff to their own client base. Well, anytime they sell social media stuff, it was all basically coming all back to me for fulfillment. And so I was able to kind of sit at home, focus on supply, the supply side. And I was just constantly raking in every single day, these new clients because of, you know, the partner firms that I went and built, it was all based on relationships. And so, well, you can imagine me being a one man show very quickly. I had more people coming in than I really wanted to invest sitting at a computer each day. And so it was in that moment where I'm like, man, I'm sitting here 14, 16 hours a day. Like at the time, I, you know, was, was dating my wife. Okay. And I knew it was serious and I didn't have a ton of time to invest in outside activities with her. And I was like, something's got to give, like I'm going crazy. And so it was in that moment where I was like, Hey, I need to free myself up in order to be able to take it even a step further. And so I finally, you know, hired my first uh, personal assistant and very quickly after I hired my second personal assistant and I put them basically in charge. I trained them three to six months and I put them in charge of fulfillment, which allowed me to free up. And that was kind of about the time period, which by the way, greatest decision I ever made. Okay. Because you know, there are just some things as a CEO you don't need to handle. And it took me a long time or a little longer than most to figure that out. But now I realize the importance of having a foundation and building a team because it was having that individual in place that allowed me to free up and then go do media interviews like this. It's what allowed me to sit here and talk to you and do this interview and go on live television and do 50 media shows since November, 2018, which I've now been able to do because of that. And so man, just in terms of scalability and taking a load off, off my plate, it's been huge. And one of the hardest things you'll ever do as a business owner is finding someone that you'll bring into your business that actually cares as much about your business as you do as the owner. And so that was what was really tough for me, um, was trying to get over that hurdle. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's been a really good thing. And I encourage anyone out there who's literally just de devoting like crazy amounts of time in their business, maybe go look to outsource some of that stuff and hire some, 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 uh, some human resources. So I, I completely, completely agree. And like, the, the decision that I made to start bringing on VAs into my business has been completely revolutionary. Like it has freed up so much of my time and it's people get in their heads a lot. I was on the phone with, with this guy yesterday who wanted to start a podcast and he had all these ideas in his head of like how expensive it would be to hire somebody to edit his podcast and to do all the social media stuff. And when I told him like how much it was costing me, his mind was just blown because of how inexpensive it was. And a lot of times, again, people get in their heads about these things and they think they're like, oh, this would be so expensive. Like I can't afford to hire somebody, but there, there are ways and there, there are 
places where you can find very cost-effective labor to do things like like edit podcasts to fulfill social media growth. Like there there are so many more um, just options out there to people than they than they really realize most of the time. For sure. No, VAs is, is a huge thing. Um, so we have some in-house people, obviously, that handle things that need to be done daily. Mm-hmm. But then there are other projects that people can buy from us that we we have, you know, they're not necessarily on, on social revelation payroll, sure. but they freelance, right? And so yep. we hire them as independent contractors to go and do stuff. And then again, you know, ha- having VAs, which are overseas, is a totally entirely different way that you can go out very cheaply and get things done. So. It's super cool that you figured that out at, at 20 years old. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's been a game changer for sure. And like, awesome. like you said as well, it's, it's tough to get people um, to get over that hurdle of like worrying that somebody's not going to care as much about your business as you do because like you were personally like, taking all the time to like fulfill these orders and like make sure that all of your customers were happy. And, and, and that's, that's tough to like go of. So do you have any, any strategies or any like mindset shifts that you could give our listeners who are kind of struggling with like handing off the reins? I would just say, you know, people are genuinely more trustworthy than we originally like to think. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people out there, they're like, oh, man, you got to earn my trust. You got to earn my trust kind of thing. And, you know, it was tough for me. I started to realize, you know, if if you literally try to see the best in people, there are a lot of quality people out there who generally do take their work serious. Because you got to understand, too, that someone's waking up every day and they're coming, you know, to work for you. And that job is just as much a part of their life as it is yours. And and it took me a second to kind of realize that. But, you know, if you think about working a standard nine to five, you know, I think the statistics show that, you know, basically humans, we spend over 80% of our lives literally working. And so when you look at that crazy statistic, you know, especially here in America, you know, other countries don't work the way that Americans work. And so, you know, I can just go back and I, and I look at, you know, jobs that I had even before I started this company. And I genuinely went, went to work with the mindset of I want to benefit and give value to this company. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so why would I not basically think that my employees are thinking the same way about me? Now, of course, that's not, let's not be naive. And because there are people that do just try to come to work and take advantage and draw a paycheck. But mm-hmm. again, if you're managing and if you're being the leader that you need to be, and you're giving them vision on how they can also scale and make more money as well. Cause for me, it's a little bit different. Like when you come and work for me, I try to give you a three, six, nine, 12 month vision on how much money you can make and scale literally within 12 months. It's not like, Hey, you're going to work for me for this price point and, and you're never going to make more. Hmm. My vision for you when you come on is do within 12 months, I want you making double what you're making now and here's how you can do it. So I'm basically inspiring you and giving you the tools and the opportunity to go basically make money that you couldn't make anywhere else at a typical nine to five. And I think it's because of that conversation we have when I bring on resources, you're kind of giving them that vision to where they're like, man, I can really be a six figure earner here with this company. And then if you're good enough, like as Ed Milet says, and creating culture around your business and they can buy into that culture and you're creating an atmosphere where people feel like they're a part of something like, Hey, this SR is a family business. It's not Ryan's business, but it's our business. And I feel like if you do that, you're going to set yourself up for people to really want to go and not only help themselves, but to help you you know, basically make even more money as well. And so that's kind of how the mindset that I've taken into to human resources. And I think it's really about how you present it. And then of course, just take time to go out and look for quality individuals. A lot of people, you know, they hire Joe Blow off the street, the first person who says yes. And then they realize six months later that they were stealing from him. Well, you know, take time to actually go out and find quality individuals. It's not as hard as you think. It just requires time. And it's crazy how many people try to get away from true work, man. It's just, it's mind boggling. 
what are some strategies that you have for like vetting people or making sure that the person is going to really um, have some success with your company and really provide value? Personality traits is a lot of it. You know, hmm. where someone comes from and how they are, like if they, if they come from a sport background, you know, they've been, been competitive at any point in their life. Um, like for me, especially, it was very easy for me to transfer my competitive nature into business once baseball ended because that your competitive nature doesn't just stop. That's a part of you. That's a personality trait. And so if you can find people who are literally coming out of college who were, you know, basketball, football, or baseball players, that's a prime candidate that you want you know, on your team, because they're going to focus all of that energy and training, you know, and just the, the daily grind mindset into your company. And so I look for personality traits, people who literally act, think and breathe the way that I did. So if you, you know, if you come from, I, I, you know, a Christian background, number one, from the South, like if you have good morals and values, a good head on your shoulder, like you genuinely want to help other people. And you're not someone who's just take, 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 take. But if you come from a, a value driven standpoint, and you have a competitive nature as well. That just gives you another edge as to why I'd probably say yes to you. Mm, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Um, can you talk to us now about some of the challenges that you faced with your business? Because I'm sure like scaling up to the point where you're at now, there've been a lot of, of hurdles, some roadblocks, some like growing pains. So what have been some of the most like notable or challenges that you think could bring the most value to an audience of younger listeners? For sure. So of course, you know, like most people, it, it hasn't always been an upward trend. Yeah. Um, you know, again, there, there are definitely hurdles you have to get over. I think for me, it's, it's more of the mental game on, you know, trying to just take that initial leap of faith. I feel like, you know, especially as young people and really as, as parents, I see, you know, all these people that have great ideas and aspirations to go and create a business that they're truly passionate about and would literally change their life. And so why don't they do it? Um, and, and so for me, you know, I was in my head a lot too. Like for, I actually had this idea to go and start something for two years before I really acted on it. Wow. Um, simply because, you know, and, and a lot of common things that you get or the security of a paycheck coming in, right? The end of, you know, every two weeks or the first of the month. And the reality is, you know, when you sit back and, and you try to remove yourself from it, you're putting your hope, honestly, in, in a false sense of security because the reality is you can be cut from that job at any point in time. Um, you know, take my parents who are educators, you know, for the state. Mm. Um, although they have tenure, the reality is, you know, teacher contracts have to be renewed every year. And on a board of education of five people, three, three out of five votes say, hey, we're not renewing this contract and you're out of a job for the next 12 months. You're back at square one. And so for me, it, I try to take on the mindset of I'm going to put the financial responsibility of my future family and kids in my own hands versus someone else's. And so it's easy for me here based on what I know now to look back at the younger, my younger self and go, Hey man, get started earlier. Because one piece of advice I would give my get started earlier, man, because that's another two years you would have had. And where would we be, you know, if you had a two year head start? But I think, you know, again, I, I've been in that place. And so I understand struggles that we have, especially mentally on just taking that initial leap of faith. But you know, risk versus reward, you know, there's a very big risk there, but the reward is just can, can be so beneficial to you. And, and when there's a saying, even in entrepreneurship, you can be dead broke for four years and year five, you're a millionaire. So the reality is, would you not rather make $20,000 a year working for yourself and living your life on your own terms versus hating what you're doing, making six figures a year, you know, being told when you can go to work, when you can leave work, when you can eat, when you can go to the bathroom, how many vacation days a year you get. It, the list goes on and on and on. And then the reality is that could be pulled out from underneath your feet in a matter of seconds by someone else. So, um, 
that kind of has been my strongest hurdle because the business was very successful very early on. I didn't have a ton of struggles, honestly. And so that's why I feel like I'm truly doing what I was called to do because if it's meant to work, things generally work, especially going back on my faith. Um, I feel like now the, the, it has been such an easy road, honestly, the seven figures for me because I feel like my head's been in the right place. I've kept the faith and I'm doing what I was always called to do. So mm. that's just kind of my version. That's huge. That's huge. And I think that, that really provided a lot of value for a lot of listeners. Um, Ryan, I've, I've really been enjoying chatting with you. I've got some questions that I'd like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. Are you feeling ready for those? Let's do it. Awesome. The first thing that I'm curious about is what is something that genuinely has Ryan White excited right now? This could be in your business, in the wider realm of like social media, but like what's something that genuinely has you excited? For sure. So for me, it's probably getting my wife to go through the exact same strategy I did over the last two years. So she's been actually working as a personal assistant um, for, for another business owner. And June 1, she's actually leaving that behind. I told her once we got married, because we got married March the 9th, shout out to her, and uh, got back from our honeymoon. And so, you know, now June 1, we're actually focusing all of our attention on getting her to go and basically create something again that she's passionate about so that she can also go and live her term or her life on her own terms, basically. And, you know, as any young couple, you know, we want to be able to travel the world and make money online, you know, as long as we have a Wi-Fi connection. So that's kind of what we, what we got stored up for her. I love it. Um, Ryan, what habits do you have that have served you particularly well? These could be in business, in your life, but like what are the things you do on a regular basis to help you get to that next level? For sure. I think uh, consistency is huge. Um, having a morning routine, as you'll find out from most you know, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs, you have to have it. Um, you know, for instance, when, you know, when I wake up every morning, it's giving myself the first 30 minutes of my day, then reaching for my phone and giving the world the first 30 minutes of my day, because now, you know, it, it allows me to be able to wake up and put myself in a positive mindset before I go, you know, out into the day to where I'm ready to attack the day versus, you know, a lot of people, the first thing they do when they wake up is they grab their cell phone and maybe there's, you know, a message on there from someone who they don't really like very much. Right. And, and it immediately throws off their entire day. And so, you know, again, it, it's taking time to give you the first 30 minutes of your day, like where I do, you know, again, I do my scripture reading and then I work on my personal development. And by that, I mean, I listen to a podcast episode of a mentor of mine, or I listen to two chapters of an audio book or sometimes both. It just kind of depends, but just really giving yourself the time and just being consistent with that. You know, there's a, there's a formula for everything in life. You know, you want to lose 15 pounds, basically burn more calories than you're taking in and you'll lose the weight, right? Same thing is said for success. You know, if you do A, B, and C, you know, it's proven you'll get X, Y, and Z. And so part of that formula, I really feel like is having a personal development set aside, having a morning routine, being consistent, drawing inspiration from those who are doing what you want to do. And if you continue to do that, literally on a day by day basis, you will be successful. So mm, absolutely. So I know you're putting out a lot of content across social media. What kind of content are you consuming? I know you said um, audiobooks, you said podcasts, you mentioned Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, Casey Adams, and any other um, content creators that you're consuming right now? Um, I, ha I did a show with uh, Respect the Grind with Stefan Arneo. He's, a, he's actually, we've connected, you know, here and there. He's actually uh, Winnipeg, Canada, but he actually has a really good page. So at Stefan Arneo, shout out to him if you want to check him out, man. He puts out some good valuable stuff as well. And, you know, basically, you know, again, sticking to the two core people, you know, I'm mm -hmm. definitely Ed and Grant and then other people like yourself, you know, um, after I've done this show, you know, now that we've kind of connected, I'll definitely go and listen again to some of your past episodes to see what value I can draw from past guests that you've had as well. And I, I think it's just buying into the sense of lifelong learning, you know, never feel like you're 
that you're that you're too good or you're you've now reached an age to where all that stops because the reality is the moment that stops you really are putting you know limitations on what you can go and earn you know as that's basically the the, the main provider of your family one day so that's the truth. Ryan, another thing that I'm always very curious about with, with the guests that I have in this show is the things that they do that don't scale. So give you a quick context what I'm talking about. Um, every single day I'll go pull out my phone, go to my new followers on Instagram and pick like five to 10 people randomly to just send a, a video DM to basically being like, hey, Ryan, how's it going? Um, thank you so much for the follow. I really appreciate it. Let me know how I can provide value to you or in, in any way. Have a wonderful day. Something super simple like that. Um, it's not something that I bring one of my VAs to just send out to everyone. They're things that I like to keep personal, um, to start a one-on-one -on -one conversation with people. So is there anything that comes to mind for you that has that personal like Brian White touch to it, something that you don't scale um, or anything that comes to mind? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, again, I get reached out to every day on social, as you can oh, yeah. imagine with my following. So hundreds of DMs a day. I try to genuinely pick three individuals every single day um, that, you know, again, if you're not just saying, Hey bro, give me a shout out. But if you genuinely take time to, you know, maybe tell me a story, maybe you heard a podcast episode and you're telling me how it helped you or it resonated with you. And if you're truly taken and I can see effort, I try to respond to three individuals in my DMS every single day. And so I feel like that's part of me giving back because again, we all need help, you know, in order to get to where we are, I had help to get to where I'm at. And so of course I want to obviously give back and help others get to even to where I'm at. And so that's kind of the, a personal touch. Matter of fact, I think you and I connected on Instagram DM as yep. well. Absolutely. So yeah, the power of the DM, man. It's awesome. It's huge, dude. Like the last like four guests that I've had on my show have all mentioned like DMs in some way, shape or form. So yeah. I think it's just really interesting how, how that's sure. where business is going down. That's what's up, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely revolutionary, man. It's changing lives. <laughs> Absolutely. So Ryan, you've been dropping so much value on our listeners. Where can they go if they want to follow up with you, learn more about you, what you're doing, um, and just um, connect with you further? For sure. So I have a personal website. It's just officialryanwhite.com. And if you want to follow me on social media, Instagram is probably the best channel for that. And my username there is just at Ryan White. Awesome. I'll be sure to link up both of those in the show notes below. Ryan, do you have any last closing thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything that you want to close out the show with here today? I would just say, man, that the biggest thing is like mentally, we cannot acquire what we first do not basically accept or choose to believe. You know, we have to first see ourselves as being a six or seven figure earner in order for the universe to open the space mentally for us to go and achieve that. So, you know, don't put limitations. And when people say the sky's the limit, it's so cliche because we've heard it so much, but the reality is, you know, have the Grant Cardone mindset where, Hey man, I want to do something biblical. And so when you walk around daily with the mindset of, I want to do something biblical to where people are talking about me for 2000 years, he's creating so much mental capacity for him to go and attain so much each and every day to where now, you know, he's managing a billion dollars in assets. So, you know, final piece of thought I tell a lot of people is there's a snowball sitting at the top of everyone's mountain. All that thing needs is a push. And, you know, once the, it gets rolling down the mountain, it's going to continue to accumulate until eventually you're going to look back and see how far you come. But, you know, if you just sit around and, and we're constantly just thinking and hoping for things to happen, it's not going to happen. There's a saying that, that, that faith will always be more than hope, right? Faith is greater than hope. And so it's not walking around hoping for good things to happen to you, but it's being faithful that knowing if I go out and put massive action behind these thoughts, right? you know, it's holding true to the faith that these things will happen for me. I'm not going to sit around and hope to make a million dollars. I'm going to go basically bust my tail to make a million dollars and have the faith that it is going to happen one day. So mm, that's the truth, man. Massive action is required. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you choosing to spend it here on Young Smart Money. For sure, man. I appreciate you having me and I know we'll do more things in the future. Absolutely. 
All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Young Smart Money. Again, if you guys did enjoy the show, do remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really does help us get in front of more people with the show. It helps you hear from even more amazing guests. It just makes the world go round when you do smash that five-star in iTunes iTunes. And if you guys want me to shout you out in my Instagram story, I am always up for that. So if you send a screenshot of your review to Apple Crater Official on Instagram, shoot me a DM of that or just tag me in it. Would love to repost it on my short story and give y'all a shout out there. Otherwise, I hope you guys do have a wonderful day, whether you're out walking the dog, whether you are at the gym, whatever you are up to on this fine day. I hope it is a splendid one and I will see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful day.